Before you listen to this podcast, you can subscribe to The Critic magazine with the current offer of three issues for just £5. Head to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk, to subscribe today. Welcome to this week's Critic Magazine podcast. I'm Graham Stewart. And I'm David Scullion. And we're talking today about whether China, and particularly Chinese military entities, have too close a relationship to uh, universities and research institutions in Britain. We're joined by Radimir Talcott. Uh, Radimir is the co-author with Robert Clark of a new research paper for the think tank Civitas. It's called inadvertently arming China, the Chinese military complex and its potential exploitation of scientific research at UK universities. Uh, Radimir, um, you've identified 15 British universities that have research relationships with Chinese military-linked institutions and uh, manufacturers. Uh, what are some of the examples of the collaborations which are underway? So the first thing to make clear is that we're not accusing any UK-based researcher or institution of intentionally aiding the military development of the PRC, um, less of any other malpractice or criminality. What we've done is we've looked at at least 15 universities where we've found research centres and other forms of research collaboration sponsored by sometimes Chinese military or partially military conglomerates and military-linked universities. And in some of these centres, there's research that's been happening in conjunction with the universities in China. And what we think is, while the, the researchers and institutions in the UK are going into this in good faith and clearly believe that their research will only be used in the civilian branches of these organisations in China, there's a risk that uh, some of this may be put to other uses in China. And we talk about why that is and the, the technological fields in which that's happening. So what are some of the examples of uh, current research work or recent research work undertaken at British universities uh, in collaboration with China, which could have a dual civilian uh, or, or military purpose? So there are two concerns for us here. The first is a lot of the research that, that we analyse is in generally risky areas in our view. It's in aerospace physics, it's in radar, uh, drones and robotics. These are areas where we know that the Chinese government is, is sponsoring a great deal of research for military use. Why is that risky? That's risky in a general sense because if you're in a research relationship with even a partially military institution in China, helping them in their research endeavours may increase the general influence and general prestige of, for example, weapons companies in China that are proliferators to Iran, North Korea and Burma, um, and whose products have been used according to a great deal of research for grievous human rights abuses by various regimes. So these are not companies, in our view, that UK universities should be getting close to, should be researching with, should be training training their staff, and in general associated with. We don't think that's good ethical practice. But more exactly, we have found examples of research that talk about the possible high-power weaponry uh, associations of, of the research field that, that specify um, military products 
that are at least related to the use that's going on. And there are papers that have diagrams of missiles converging on the same target. And although, of course, we stress that we don't believe that the researchers intend for military use to happen, it does seem that people are, are I'm afraid, taking risks, especially in the, the new environment of Chinese strategy and a more assertive Chinese military. Radomir, one of the, uh, in your report, you, uh, it looks like you've um, given the right to reply to all of these universities. And one of the things that a lot of them seem to say is, you know, all your report is completely unfounded. This is all fine. It's all ethical. You don't need to worry about it. We're just collaborating with uh, other scientists around the world. They don't seem to provide much evidence of why it's fine, with a few exceptions. Uh, what do you make of that? So you're right, we've, we've given all the universities right to reply. And the one reason we've only published in, in digital format is that we've said if we've got anything accidentally wrong, we're happy to correct that. Um, I think what universities have said backs up some of our concerns that they, they do believe this is only civilian use material. And to be fair to universities, they need sponsorship and academics want to research the fields that are that are interesting to them in physics, in chemistry, just like in any other field. One thing we're worried about, though, is that universities are operating in an environment that we describe as strategically incoherent. So a good deal of this research, for example, one research centre that appears now to have closed was sponsored by China's main ICBM manufacturer. And some of the research outputs from that centre um, frankly, we regard as potentially inadvertently risky. It doesn't seem sensible for the UK taxpayer, through research councils, to be sponsoring research at a major presti prestigious British university for a centre that is also sponsored by China's ICBM manufacturer. We think that's reasonably strategically unsound. So, Universities, of course, are, are, as far as we can see, playing by the rules and playing by the law. But we think that those rules need to change. And so the government should list those companies who are, who are weapons associated and those, those universities in China who are military associated that should be barred from investing in this country in general and sponsoring university scientific research so that there can be a better framework of rules in which universities can operate. That's one of our, our numerous policy proposals. But Radomir, um, universities are facing a historic funding crisis with the coronavirus. Do you not think some of these are just, uh, these partnerships are just essential to survive? So, you know, maybe some universities think if we cut off these partnerships, we'll lose our lucrative Chinese student market. Actually, as a general point, we sympathise with the position of British universities. They do need research funding. One reason we think this is strategically incoherent is that while the taxpayer seems to be funding these, these research centres, our sponsorship of UK-focused defence research for our own defence is, I'm afraid, anemic. And so one way that, that the government could compensate is to better fund UK defence research, potentially including through our universities. Regarding the question of students, we don't want this report to be used to cast out on the value of educating Chinese students or research with uh, people from the PRC 
in general, we think there's a lot of value in that. This is a very specific report about a particular area that we think is is a potential national security issue. Redimir, I wonder if I could ask about what the current rules and protocols are for universities when they either reach out to or are approached by Chinese institutions. We could start by looking at uh, students and scholars. Um, there are systems in place to uh, frankly check who can come to this country for study or research and we think that system, the academic technology approval scheme um, that approves entry um, should be reviewed and tightened and the government has said they're going to begin to do that and we would like to help inform that. In terms of what scientific research can take place, we think that while it's important to preserve academic freedom and scientific freedom as much as possible, we think that the government needs to review which types of research findings should be published in the public domain and which areas of research should not be happening at public universities and should happen, if you like, in the house, in secret, in order to minimise risk. Um, we also think there's a case for a new UK government organisation that would be similar to the American uh, Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS, whose role in our case would include monitoring and assessing university sponsorship. And we think also a way of improving the system would be to audit university sponsorship in general, potentially in the form of some kind of inquiry, um, and to establish what is the total Chinese funding of UK technology research, and to review the operation and the sponsorship policies of UKRI, Innovate UK, the Royal Society, and the research councils whose sponsorship we discuss in the paper. It seems like, in some sense, you're arguing that... Uh, that, that that Chinese investment is uh, is making up for the fact that the UK spends so little. There was a fascinating stat in your report, which is that Volkswagen alone spends more on R&D than the entire UK defence sector. Do, do you think that that would, would, uh, would, you know, to what extent do you think that would mitigate the need for these Chinese partnerships? We think there should be more spent on UK defence research. Um, that's that's a part of the strategic solution here. And it would certainly help universities in their funding if at least some of those areas could be researched at UK universities. There, there, there are, uh, we think, strategic challenges, partly that are, uh, I suppose, hangovers from the 1990s um, and uh, also related to the so-called golden era strategy towards China. Um, there are strategic assumptions there that we think need to be reviewed quite urgently. Radimir, is it a case that you think certain in Chinese institutions should be effectively blacklisted so that there's a, a presumption that British universities will not uh, collaborate with them? Or do you believe that it is better to take each uh, research project on a case-by-case -case basis regardless of the institution involved? We think it's a combination of things. We think that Every research centre that we've analysed, we assume, has been approved by the UK government, although because of some of the risks that we've discussed, we think that that review process might be tightened. Um, in terms of the Chinese sponsoring institutions, I think it's worth adding that we're not just talking about China here. We think there's a case for listing many military-associated conglomerates 
and institutions in other authoritarian states, but we are focusing, of course, on China in this paper. And following the American example that the new administration looks set to continue of a form of entities list with different level of sanction and different forms of bar on investment in the UK. So yes, that would include investing in scientific research in our universities. Mm. Uh, uh, universities, of course, will say that you know, there's a huge amount of bureaucracy involved. If you drill down to individual projects, having to brief a government agency uh, is time-consuming. And also, research leads where it leads, and it may start off uh, with one set of limits and assumptions, but actually develop into something else. Would institutions have to be would government agencies have to be continually updated on where research was going? I think it's a fair point, and I sympathise with universities' situation. Um, it would be made easier for them in that case if there were bars on um, certain entities that were were no longer allowed to invest, um, that would grant easier approval for centres overall. That said, um, it's important that any academic is is fully aware of where the rules tell them to behave on the side of caution and alert the authorities, even if there is a possibility of what's called dual-use output. So research outputs that, while they are clearly intended for civilian use, may have other uses. So we do sympathise with the, the situation of all UK-based researchers, um, and it's not our intention to imply that they have done anything wrong. We think there needs to be a new strategic situation and regulatory situation in which they can work. Right, Amir, you say you're not implying that they've done anything wrong, but do you think there's a sense of naivety here? I mean, some of the responses you got from universities basically just said, you know, look, some of them said, look, all this is in the public domain, so it's fine, everyone's got access to this, uh, which is a strange argument. And some of them just said, well, we're, we're just uh, collaborating with global science. This is just scientists. It's science. It's nothing to do with nation states or military. You don't need to worry. Uh, you're not accusing them of, 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 of doing anything wrong, but, but are they just completely naive to the, to the risks of, uh, of, of building the Chinese military? Well, they're working in a situation that's changed since the end of the Cold War. Um, a lot of this research used to be done in um, government laboratories that had higher levels of secrecy. And since they have been closed in the 1990s, um, research has generally moved into universities and it's in the nature of universities to pursue, pursue international collaboration and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, so I think this is, this is as much as universities, it's an area for government to look at. Uh, Radimir, I wonder if I can ask, your, your research is obviously focused on British universities, but is it your understanding that this is an international problem? Uh, countries like Australia, for example, I know in recent years have become concerned about Chinese penetration. Uh, it, it, how broad a problem is, is this? It does seem to be a part of a bigger problem, and there's been a lot of work done here by ASPE, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, whose rating system for risk regarding the Chinese institutions we discussed, we've, um, we've cited. Um, so they've looked at the UK, they've looked at Australia, Germany and the US, I think. And they highlight that this is, this is a broad strategic problem. So the UK obviously will not be alone in deciding to reassess its policies towards research sponsorship. Um, this, is, this is not going to go away over the next decade 
and the UK should certainly work with, especially the United States and Commonwealth partners like Australia in taking um, um, common positions here. And it's your view that, that legislation is, is required? We think it will be in, in some cases. It, it probably will be in order to draw up some form of entities list and it may uh, require some adjustments to um, national security related legislation such as for a CFIUS, Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States type organisation um, that would monitor and assess sponsorship. And um, Ranami, you mentioned that uh, President Xi is, uh, you mentioned his adherence to the concept of the, the 100 year marathon. This is a, a theory advanced by uh, Michael Pillsbury in his book, The 100 Year Marathon, which which basically says that, that China had 100 years to become a, a, a global hegemony by 2049. How much store do you put by that theory? Well, we allude to that. I mean, what Michael Pillsbury is describing is, in a general sense, the military build-up of China um, and the increasing investment in science by the Chinese military. We think that's, that's established as fact. The exact time frame um, and the overall ultimate ambitions are not really for us to say. But in a more general sense, there's a a very important point here, which is that the Chinese government is now running a strategy called civil military fusion, whereby even entirely civilian companies are frequently obliged to share their their technology and their research findings with different branches of Chinese military conglomerates and and military-associated universities. And so we're saying that it's increasingly risky for any researcher in the UK to assume that their findings will only be used by the civilian branches of Chinese organisations. That was always um, somewhat uncertain and we think it's increasingly dangerous. So that's one thing that should inform a reassessment of our strategic situation. Well, Radomir Talcott, we'll have to leave it there for now. You're uh, paper with Robert Clark is, is available for download on the Civitas uh, website. Uh, but thank you very much for sharing your observations about the state of, uh, of Anglo-Chinese research with potential military implications. Thanks so much. If you've enjoyed listening to The Critic podcast, why not subscribe to have the magazine delivered to your door? Subscribe today with the offer of three issues for just £5 by heading to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk.